our physical body is made of the same things that the earth is made of. You know, when I think about the different things that connect us to the elements, our bodies, our literal physical bodies are our direct connection to her. And every time we take care of our body, we take care of her. Hello, beautiful beings of planet Earth. And welcome to the Sacred Portal Podcast. I am your host, Abby Rose Wolf. Together, we will explore and journey through personal stories, self care, and healing to ignite inspiration and passion within. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoy it, please leave a rating and review and hit the subscribe button. Also, share with your family and friends on social media. Thank you. In this episode, I interview LaToya Rue. LaToya is a delicate, deeply connected soul sister. I love this woman so much. Her essence and her truth she shares during this podcast is a special treat for the senses. The words that emanate from this sovereign soul truly is medicine. Every nourishing word is wisely articulated with deep truth and meaning. LaToya shares her sacred journey from working in healthcare to discovering her creativity and soul-led entrepreneurship. She talks about home, heart, honor, and the keys to health. There were so many nuggets of wisdom throughout this podcast, so listen to it all. I hope you love this podcast as much as I do. Here we grow. Welcome to the podcast, LaToya. I'm so happy that you're here today. I am grateful for your presence as always. And I'm grateful for the listeners to hear more about the wisdom that you often speak and will today, I'm sure. So I want to just start off asking you about your journey to discovering yourself and revealing the layers of yourself and coming into fruition with sharing your gifts with the world. I want to hear about your journey. Mm. Well, thank you, Abby, first of all, for having me here. I am so, so, so honored, so honored to, um, to be invited to participate in this work um, that you're bringing to the world, that you're bringing to life. And um, oh my goodness, yes, you're in creation mode right now. And ah. Oh. In addition to that, it's just such a joy to be on a call with you again. <laughs> it's been a while. So um, my journey, gosh. Well, let's just start with I'm 40 in this lifetime. So there's been there's a lot that could be said. So I will, in a lot of ways, I feel like my journey's been unfolding my whole life. You know, I can remember as a child, just growing up in a Catholic city with a Catholic family, um, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, by the way. And, you know, but my mom never pushed religion on me. She and her siblings went to catechism. They went to Catholic school, but she never pushed any of that on me. But I can remember from as young as seven or eight, like looking for God, right? Looking for the divine, looking for connection to something beyond myself, right? Looking and I just, that led me different places throughout my life. From a religion perspective, I can remember feeling so disconnected, you know, so disconnected from 
everything, you know, like even I run into people or talk to people I went to school with, you know, middle school, high school, and they have these memories of, of times we've spent together and I, I don't have them, you know, because it was like I was checked out. I was so checked out, even, you know, in my daily life, it was just going through the motion and getting through the days and it's so, so weird. So, so yeah, fast forward some years and um, I've been in healthcare for 20 years or, or so, mainly in cardiology, which is interesting, you know, matters of the heart. And I, I felt from the very beginning of my nursing career, a strong pull initially to, to bringing babies into the world. But my first job that was given to me was in cardiology and um, I fell in love with, with the heart. Little did I know it would be the medicine that I'd be working with later in life. So that is, that's a, a main part of, of my journey is coming to this place where I realized how disconnected I am, how shut off and guarded I am and or had been and in this journey to to going deeper within myself and, you know, discovering my heart as a portal to worlds within and beyond. And ah, I don't know where any of that is coming from. Maybe someone had to hear that because that is not what I planned on saying. <laughs> but um, in my work in healthcare, you know, there was a time where I loved it so much. And I, I think some of that is that I had something to prove to myself. And when I got into that point where I proved what I needed to prove to me, the question became, so who are you really? What do you really want? What really drives you? What brings you to life? You're spending all these days like really working in, in a really intense ICU, you know, literally with people's lives hanging in the balance trying to bring them back to life. But what brings you to life? And I realized I didn't, I didn't know myself like that, you know? Um, mm. And I began to develop a really in, um, intense desire to be the designer of my own life. I'd spent so many years taking care of sickness that I didn't know what wellness looked like, mm. you know? And, and I was like, that's really why I got into healthcare. But I can't help someone else be well if I don't really know what wellness looks like myself. So how do I get into that space? How do I begin to, to shift into well care? And what hit me was that I needed to begin to spend my time more in alignment with my own values. So I had to sit with that. Like, what do I value? And I realized I was spending so much of my life at my job that was draining the heck out of me, which... Any job can do that if it's not where your heart is, right? It doesn't matter what it is that you're doing, how physically straining or how, or just mentally, but that was the wake up call. This is not a place where I can be authentically me. This is not a situation where I can be authentically me right now. How do I begin to carve out space in my life for me to be a better version of me and begin to, to carve out what wellness gets to look like for me? It's been a journey, several years. I mean, obviously, I couldn't just jump up and quit my job, you know. That's kind of how the journey to awakening, so to speak, and meeting you and, and activate your life's purpose and becoming, you know, a spirit and heart-led entrepreneur came to be. I wanted to live life on my own terms in alignment with my values, rediscover what wellness could look like, and share that with the world. I love that, LaToya. And what I admire a lot about you is that you take 
the time. It seems to me that you never rush anything. You don't feel the sense of urgency. And I admire that so much because that's what I believe does take to really fully understand ourselves and to really heal and grow is to take the time and to really be patient with ourselves. And it might really, and, and often it does take a long time. Like sometimes I'll know what to do, but I don't give myself the time to do it. Even though I know it's what my intuition is like, you need to just shut off for the whole weekend and get, and get silence. Because you know what? It's not easy. It's easy to be distracted. It is not always easy to go deep within and delve and get uncomfortable with these parts of ourselves that we need to recognize in order to move forward. And I feel like you are so gifted in doing that with this patience that you have. And is this something that you've all, always had? Mm. Let's take a moment to breathe that in. <laughs> I think all qualities have a light and a dark side, you know? Um, I have a light and a dark expression. And to that end, in reflecting about it, I think it's always been a part of who I am, but it hasn't always expressed itself <laughs> in, the, in the light so to speak. So that's why I'm saying I'm breathing it in and taking that in. So thank you. Thank you so much for reflecting that because for a lot of my life, it's been reflected to me in the opposite. Mm -hmm. You know, I can remember growing up, my mom, on days that she would go to work, we lived outside of the school district that I attended. And so I had to walk to, I had to walk a distance to the bus stop to be able to go to that school. And so she would offer to drop me off at that bus stop. And she would always be like, the time, the time, LaToya, hurry up. You know, like I was never in a rush. And, you know, and how I think about it now and how selfish it was because she had to go to work, you know, and I was not concerned with the time. I think also I'm from the South. I'm from New Orleans, you know, the city they call the big easy. So it's like we move so slowly for everything. There's no, there's no rush anywhere. You know, um, even now, you know, my husband or at work, it's like, okay, your time management could be better. You could be more efficient with your time management. This is one thing I've started practicing is when I'm having those moments where I'm seeing like, oh my gosh, I'm not being so effective with my time management or I'm not being productive today. Or there's this thing that's channeled in and it's, it's like, okay, now, for instance, I have an offering that channeled in almost a year and a half ago. And I've, I've worked on it throughout and I'm like, okay, you know, now it's time, but it's, it's not been time, you know, but I've been, I have had moments where I've tried to force it to be time. And so I'm learning to recognize and honor that base. When I, when I notice that I'm forcing something, that, that's not, that's not the creative energy because she's, she's flow, she's water and, you know, she's inspiration. And, and so I'll just almost like a, like a transformer, right? Like I'm like <laughs> dipping back, changing out my island, my lenses that I'm seeing the world through. And then I'm coming back and I'm like, okay, I'm seeing, let me see this through the lens of my higher self. Let me see this through the lens of the consciousness of what's trying to come through me. Recognizing that duality and choosing the reality I want to live in. And that's helped me out a lot. And Ashley, recently on a mentorship call, I shared with her another offering that came through, you know, like a, a container to hold space. 
And um, she's like, your guide just said, don't move just because it's here. Move. Let it move you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I'm like, okay. So even though I'm, you know, I have my moments where I'm like, okay, it came through. So it must be ready to hold this. I must be capable. And capable is true, yes, but not always ready. You know, not always ready. <laughs> I'm doing my best to just let it move me. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> I don't even remember the question, but I love everything <laughs> you said. And it, you're right. Um, I love that too. Just about you got to let it move you. You know, I really resonated a lot with what you said about you channeled in these offerings that you want to, you know, give, but it's not quite the time. And maybe you'll try to make it work, but then it's like, there's this, maybe a little bit of resistance. It's like, this is not what the world is ready yet for, for you to give. And I have that a lot, or it's really interesting because I'll have things, I have a whole idea book, things that have come to me that I would love to share with the world at some point, but I'm not always inspired to do them. This podcast, I really felt like this was time to do this and I feel really good about this. There's no resistance towards it or anything. And so I'm really grateful for that. But I have a lot of other ideas that are coming back up again that I'm now resonating with, especially when it comes to Mother Earth and the environment. I have a a project. It's a big one. It requires a lot of, it requires a team. It requires deep connection with a team who have the same kind of core values. And, And so that is something I'm working on manifesting because... I really do care about the environment and about earth. And I know you do too. And this is why I really love talking with you because I think it's, it's beautiful. And it is a part of self-care when we care for ourselves, we can care for the world really in the environment. That what you just said, when we care for ourselves, we can care for the world resonates with me so deeply because even though having all these offerings that come through to, you know, hold space for other people are, are needed and, and worthy changing the world is they're they're not the only way you know like the main way that every single one of us because not all of us are going to have businesses not all of us are going to be space holders or healers you know but this is how i look at it our physical body is made of the same things that the earth is made of you know when i think about the different things that connect us to the elements our bodies our literal physical bodies are our direct connection to her. And every time we take care of our body, we take care of her. It's almost like like how you think of resonance or the tuning fork. Every time we attune to a higher vibration or a more authentic, authentic vibration, which can only come by attending to yourself, then we raise her vibration too. In that you didn't have to say a word to anyone else. You didn't have to do anything for anyone else. You know, you didn't have to come up with some magical container or product or post to share on Instagram or some brand concept. It's really as simple as taking care of the representation of her that we were gifted with. It's so powerful. It's that powerful. And we get to change the planet through how we take care of ourselves. It reminds me of even the beauty that we see in ourselves. We can see everywhere else as well. I'm reminded of this beautiful sunrise I saw one morning. I didn't sleep. I had a really powerful experience the night before. And 
I remember I was like kind of half asleep and I look up and I look out the window and it's the most beautiful sunrise I think I've ever seen in my whole life. And this message came to me. There's magic that's always there. It's just that you have to be able to see it. Having that powerful ceremony the night before and witnessing the magic within myself and the other people I was with, it was so easy to see it in nature and so easy to see it everywhere. It was just a really profound experience. And I know that when I take care of myself, it's so easy to see the love and the joy and the beauty in every single person because I was able to hold that space for myself. Beautiful. Yeah. And so I want to ask you, when did you start getting into the path of the highest alignment of yourself? You've talked about kind of the journey before, and now I want to hear about the journey leading into where you are now. Your hair looks magnificent, by the way. Thank you. Oh, and goddess-like. Thank you. Let's see, that journey, where do I begin? I guess I'll start here. I got divorced. I got divorced. We married in 07, divorced in 09. And for the majority of that marriage, we lived in separate rooms literally for over a year and a half of that two-year marriage. I mean, we'd been together for like five years prior to that. But So by the time I got divorced, I had already gone through a lot of the emotions of grief and not being ready for this, you know. And so by the time I got divorced, I was ready to move on. My, my ex-husband played football. And so the mentality was to never put down roots, right? Because at any moment he could be traded, cut, and move, we'd have to move suddenly. That's how I ended up in Atlanta. You know, he was cut from the New Orleans Saints and then came here and immediately, like within days, was had to move. So we had this house, but we'd never decorated it. It was bare minimum, you know, same as our apartment before then. So I, I looked around and was like, I didn't feel at home in my life. And I didn't feel at home in my house. So when we got divorced, I got the house. He got everything in it. And so it left me essentially with with an empty house. I was at this crossroads of healing, a lot of healing that needed to be done and what I wanted that to look like. And I decided right there that I would not settle anymore. Not to say, you know, he was a bad guy and I was settling for him. But when you're not right for each other, that's what I mean by settling. Obviously, he's going to be great for someone else. But I needed a washing machine and dryer and I needed a sofa and I needed all these things. But I decided that I, I was not going to settle anymore. I was going to wait and purchase what I wanted, what I really wanted. Nothing wrong with going on Craigslist and finding something, nothing at all. But at that moment in my life, it was just a decision that I made that I was, I was not going to settle for stopgaps anymore in my life. I began to choose paint colors for the walls and... Um, never, never once thought that I was creative in my whole life. I went 30 years of my life at never thinking I was creative. And I started painting and it became really meditative for me. You know, not painting canvas, but just painting walls to the point where I paint the same wall over and over again, like eight times. <laughs> you know, it's like, I want to try a new color and see how it feels. And I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was playing with frequency through color and getting into that stillness, you know, through the painting and having to cut in the edges and, you know, learning to do that really well through the stillness. And even as I'm saying this to you, I'm realizing how therapeutic that was for me at the moment. Through that process, I started to say, you know, what am I going to fill this house with? 
I wanted to be a representation of, of who I am, where I come from. I wanted to remind me of aspects of me that will make me feel good and empowered every day when I see them. So that I don't, like literally, I don't want to feel defeated before I walk out the door. You know, I want to set myself up for success through what is literally being fed to me in my environment. I think that was a big step for me because I started to ask myself who I am through that process, you know, and what, what parts of me I wanted to amplify in my environment. Some years later, I met my current husband and I was still doing this. I rented out my house and it's still rented to the wonderful tenants and got an apartment, started painting that place, designing that place, started doing the same for him. Friends would come to me and ask me for advice. And so I started doing interior design. I always knew it was deeper than interior design, but I, I didn't know how to do what I wanted to do. It's almost like I spent 20 years in healthcare to learn about the heart, right? And so now I'm not even doing healthcare anymore. I way invested myself so much in that so that, you know, I mean, it served a purpose for, the, for that time. But right now, all I can do is extrapolate the pieces that apply to today. And so interior design was that for me at that moment. You know, it was a way for me to, to go deeper within myself. And I realized through that process, too, that I wanted, that's what I wanted for my clients. I wanted to help them connect with themselves. But the paradigm of what interior design is right now doesn't, like, people don't expect that. They don't expect the psychology of it all. So they just want you to, you know, they think you're, they're hiring you to just come and make a pretty space. But I'm like, anybody can literally make a, a pretty space for you, any designer. That's not what I want to do. I want to help you to design your life and empower you on your next move, right? So every day you wake up, you see reflections of how capable you are and things that surround you that are intentionally there to cultivate the frequency of what you want to hold when you're in that space. I left work one day. I was so frustrated with work, with the job, with, you know, just the state of things. And I remember closing my locker and I said, God, spirit, Mother Earth, Father Time, whoever is listening to me, if you're there, if you have something else for me, I'm open. And if you open the door, I will walk through. And three days later, I got a phone call from a friend of ours who was our, she's still my friend, but she's a, she worked with my husband. She's also a real estate agent. And she was our agent for when we sold his condo and bought this house. And so she saw how I did his condo. I staged it for selling it. I decorated it. I installed tile and backsplash and all these things. And she saw we renovated this house and we didn't hire a designer. I was just like, okay, you know, and I wasn't thinking I'm a designer. I was just thinking this is what we need. So I want you to knock this wall out. I want you to do this, you know, and she called me three days later and was like, I heard through Jonathan, that you wanted to start doing interior design. And I have a client who wants to hire a designer. Are you interested? And I was like, really? God, universe, I'm not ready for this. But I was like, I don't know how to be a designer. I didn't, I, I don't even have a name for my business, you know, and, but you said you'd walk through the door. <laughs> wow. So I was like, okay, I'm going to trust you. 
And I'm going to walk through this door. And I've been, I feel like I've been walking through doors ever since. I did that for three years. You know, had my own interior design business. And I would say, I think for about 18 months of it, I was literally saying, this is going to morph. What I really want to do is this. And I just kept saying it and kept saying it and kept saying it. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm feeling into it. You know, as opposed to saying, yeah, I just don't know how to do that yet. I don't even know that it was intentional, but the language kind of changed. And I was like, you know, I'm just waiting on the clarity for that. I hope I'm not talking too much. <laughs> You're not. Keep going. It's great. So as I'm waiting for the clarity on that, I am feeling the pull of the element, right? And I'm, I'm feeling them talk to me more. And I started blogging very briefly. <laughs> but what came through was a series on connection, connection to self, connection to your space, connection to your partner, connection to your home, connection to nature. And, you know, I realized I wasn't, you know, I was no Oprah or Ayamla, you know, I was no like authority figure on this. So I just shared my own experience. What I didn't realize was that through writing that and putting it out there publicly, that public accountability was a whole nother level for me of needing it to be authentic and needing to like myself be the, the med scientist. I do the experiment on myself first, the whole embodiment period, but I didn't understand embodiment at the time, like the word itself. And I was just like, okay, the one on connecting with your partner is bringing up a whole lot that I, I need to work on in my own relationship. And so that'll probably come last because I need to go through the, the steps, you know, and test it out in my life. Yeah, I didn't realize the medicine that was actually being cultivated at the time. And fast forward a few months, I'm still writing this blog series and Halloween comes around. It's the new moon before Halloween. And I decided I wanted to honor my grandparents and connect with my ancestors. And I built an altar for the first time. Didn't really know what I was doing, but I decided this is what I was going to do. And so I put a couple of things from the, of them and pictures, their land of them, um, some things that they'd given me on the altar. And, and I did a meditation, releasing some guilt that I had around them. And um, in the meditation, we walked deep into the water and, and ended up you know, going really deep and being shown our shadows right? Like, what is it that you are ready to release? And what is it that you're ready to call in or bring with you um, with the energy into your life with the energy of this new moon? And what appeared to me was the face of my power animal. I didn't know anything about a power animal at the time. I had no idea what was happening. I almost was like, didn't believe it, just almost tried to shut it off. But there was this part of me that was like, you didn't make this up. There's no way you could have made this up. So just allow, surrender. And so in the meditation, we were told to go ahead and retrieve this and bring it up to the surface with us. So I, I'd only seen my power animal's face and head because we were deep down in the water. So I saw the head's eyes. And so I grabbed around the jaw and pulled the animal up with me. And then we walked on the shore of the beach. And, you know, so I'm kind of watching this happen. But it felt so profound for me, and I didn't quite understand it, but I, I knew it was something I had to and wanted to honor. And so I feel like that was really the, the turning point for me into officially diving into spirituality and my purpose 
my real purpose and mission on this planet, my sole agreement from why I'm here. And soon after that, I took a trip to the Atlantic, to Miami, and connected with the water in a way, in a way that I had not con- ever connected with. That relationship in every way was reclaimed in that moment. And I felt so held and seen by her. You know, it's like, I know you. She's like, don't you remember? Mm-hmm. Don't you remember me? Don't you remember who you are? I know every part of you. And I remember standing on the shores and, you know, the water is really clear when it's shallow right there. And it was coming up and hitting up on my feet. And I remember saying and claiming right there that that was in November of 2019. And I remember saying, in 2020, I will get the clarity that I seek. Clarity as clear as your water. So I think for the first time there, I really claimed that the clarity was mine. Almost like I deserved it, you know, like it was my birthright and I had, I had every right to it. It was going to be here. It was already here. You know what I mean? Like there was that official shift from I'm waiting for it to it's mine. Soon after that, I found Ashley's container, Activate Your Life's Purpose, and which you and I were in together. I don't know what you would say, but I would say it was a total game changer for me. That program was, you know, layers and layers and layers of healing. Whew, life, a lifetime worth of healing in that container and meeting myself, meeting myself over and over again. And making that really the practice, right? To continue to meet myself every day and learning to be in relationship with my life. That's the journey. Everything that kind of led me there, that literal turning point that I kind of look at, a rebirth moment. Oh, hello, Latoya. Welcome to the world. Day one, you know? So I feel like I found AYLP sort of like in my infancy of spirituality. And then throughout that 12 weeks together, it was... You know, press the fast forward button because you got to grow. You got to grow up fast now, you know. I mean, everything happened in his divine timing and nothing felt forced. I mean, there were just so many layers we uncovered there that really helped to activate my purpose and mission here on this planet. And, and there's been no looking back ever since. Ooh, wow. probably like wow. 20 minutes right there. <laughs> you know what really stood out and what you just said? is the mirror or the reflection of the water and what you were seeking. So it was when you were in the water and you had this realization that I want crystal clear, like this water clarity in my life, in that moment, you demanded it and knew that you deserved it. And I think that is extremely powerful because it's like, what comes first? I don't think that we can fake the words once you feel when the feeling comes and then you know that what you deserve is true. You know what I mean? I don't know if I've explained that well, but I love that. And, And I think it's really cool that our cohort for AYLP was on clarity community and connection and confidence. And when I think about what I really desired, especially in that moment, it was absolutely those things. And it still remains to be those things to this day. And before we talked, we talked a lot about co- connection and how important connection truly is. It's, it's everything really. 
What I said earlier before I recorded, it was that when I feel disconnected from everything, I feel alone, but I know that's not true. We are inherently all connected with everything. And that's why, especially as empaths, we feel that we feel the interconnection with the universe, with each other, with the energies, with the things that are going on in the world, all of it. It's almost like as an empath, you really can't be disconnected. You know, it's like, it's a gift that we have is to be connected so deeply and to feel the movement of the energy all around us and to act accordingly to bring about positive change and to contribute to the highest vibration of the planet through that understanding and that energy felt. It is a gift. Oh my gosh, yes. Activate Your Life's Purpose is an incredible program. Our dear friend Ashley is started um, and Alyssa is also a facilitator in it. And so I will most likely be interviewing each of them separately at some point awesome. in my podcasting journey. And so anyways, wow, that story. That's a treat for everyone. So definitely come back and listen to that. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So this is how we met. I feel like you are so connected. You really utilize the elements in order to facilitate change within yourself. I see you do that. And how did that come about? Or was that just an intuitive thing or like how you, you just seem so connected and was that a natural thing or did that take on a lot of intention and um, awareness to, to cultivate that kind of relationship? So I'm going to have to think on that. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you, you look back and you, you see the signs throughout your life that it was always there but it wasn't intentionally cultivated. You know, there was no real awareness around it, but I, I did another program. Started it about six weeks before Activate Your Life's Purpose called Remembering Lemuria, created and hosted by Raquel Webb of Soul Star Medicine. And in module one, she goes over some, a lot of different practices. One of them is honoring the elements. That one stood out to me, and it's been one that I've cultivated ever since then. It's a daily practice for me. You know, initially, I just practiced it the way she, she shared, but it's be, like any relationship. You just go deeper and deeper. You know, the more you show up and the more that they realize that you're going to keep showing up, then they can open up to you more like any human or animal, right? It's like you mentioned, too, with empaths, I think animals and plants have that same capacity or even deeper, you know, like they know we're around even and that we're coming before we're even there, but they don't have to open up to us just like any human or animal doesn't have to open up to us. You know, even as an empath, we're always connected, but because of that connection, we can create these barriers. So the more I showed up, the more they began to, to sort of show me more and more who they are. And we journey together and, you know, it just, it became a conversation as I'd honor them and doing the practice of honoring them could literally take three minutes, you know, but sometimes it would take me an hour or two just because we're having a conversation. It's just so good. And I believe that there's some major past life stuff there between us because they are the main spirits that show up when I'm 
doing healing work or channeling. And when I'm making my candles, I mean, they're always there. They're always there. That journey to meet the consciousness of my business, they were the first ones to show up. I remember too, like as a kid, my nanny lived in, she lived in this like rural part of Louisiana. And I would go there, you know, on like holidays or, you know, whenever we had breaks from school, because my mom was a single parent and had to keep working. And so grateful that I had people who supported me and loved me and would take me when my mom needed that break, you know, so she could keep working. Um, but I would walk up and down her rural street. The houses were super far apart. You couldn't even see the next one from hers. And I would just look for rocks. I'm in elementary school at this time, you know, and so I'm just finding pretty rocks and bringing them back to her house and cleaning them up and talking to them like, oh, I'm going to get you really nice and clean, pretty. And then I would try to sell them. Like I would sell them to her friends, you know, and they would entertain me, you know, and I'd sell them for like a nickel or whatever. Now that I actually work with crystals, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. maybe this was always there. It, It wasn't something I was cultivating though, you know, with any awareness or consciousness. Um, they show up on a daily basis. And I, I think part of that is just because I keep showing up too, you know, and, and as they showed me more, I wanted to know more. So I think that could be the case for any of us. There's something that we are really feeling called to, really like any other relationship you would, and, and show up for it. Eventually, it, it will show up for you too. When you show interest, it shows interest in you. It's kind of a reciprocal thing. You were so interested in it and got curious about it and asked questions and then cultivated a trust really between the elements. And it's, it's really about, okay, I see that you're interested. I see that you're showing up for me and I trust this relationship now and how this is developing. So I will show up even more for you. I believe that that happens with exactly spirit guides, with the universe, with all of these things, with elements, with our plants. And I think that's incredible. And thank you for sharing that. Totally. You know, can I share one more thing? Yes. You mentioned about the water and when I was visiting the ocean, that reciprocation that don't you remember me? I remember you like I know you didn't come until I realized every year we go to the beach. Because I insist on one beach vacation a year. We live in Georgia. Florida's right beneath us. We have to go to the beach at least once. As much as I love it, I would go and I would stand on the shore. Waist deep as far as I would go. But usually about knee deep. You know, and I would just stand there and literally just watch the waves roll in and out and in and out. And watch the fish swim at my feet. But there was always this aspect of fear that kept me from going fully in. A stingray or jellyfish or, you know, what are the things that I can't see? Afraid of the unknown, afraid of the unknown. It hit me, I love this water. You know, and when I was a kid, you couldn't keep me out of the water. It's like I've always known how to swim, like nobody ever had to teach me. Mm. I just knew before I could form sentences If you were looking for Latoya, you need to make sure she's not off in some water. And so it hit me and I felt this longing to get in the water. There was this fear I had to face. But I'd met my power animal and I had read more about its medicine and how it really shows up as a protector and has this really amazing capability of seeing in the nighttime, seeing where there's low visibility. 
I'm going to trust because I know how to swim. I'm like a bird who forgot she could fly. Mm. You know, and I, I can swim. If I need to come back to shore, I'm going to trust that you're going to throw me back on shore. I literally just was like, okay, I'm doing it. And it may sound so crazy, but I just plunged in and I called my energy back to myself as opposed to like having it all everywhere about, oh God, what could be out here? Pulled it back in, called my power back and just allowed myself to go and be with her. And it felt glorious is the only word that would come to mind. So glorious. It was not quite the full moon, but a few days away from the full moon. And I stayed out there to be with, with that moon. I haven't been in the water because I'm afraid of what I could possibly see in the daytime. But here I am and then it's nighttime under the moon and I, I can't get out the water. I got stung by a jellyfish. I didn't care. <laughs> oh, you, did get, you did get stung. Whoa. I did. I did get stung. Um, but it was like, it pulled me right here on my wrist. And it felt, it, I, honestly, it felt better to have it still submerged in the salt water than to take it out. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I'm staying in the water. <laughs> it wasn't until after that happened that I really felt that she opened up to me. I exercised trust that you will hold me in your unknown abyss. Mm -hmm. That she opened up and, and began to show herself to me as, as the mother that she is, you know, and through what you were saying, it's all of it is about relationship and connection, everything, you know, sure. right down to the water we're drinking and bathing in and the computer. I mean, you know, everything, none of it wants to be taken for granted or unseen or unwitnessed in its journey or abused and taken advantage of. Will you remind me of the importance of recognizing and really seeing nature and saying hello to it and having a conversation with it. Because like you said earlier, it's a part of us. It's we're made up of the same things. This is a part of me. It's not separate than me. It's all a part of me. And so when we start seeing that, it starts responding back to us. And I think it's so beautiful. And I resonate strongly with everything you say about the ocean. The ocean is my home for sure. And I've felt some of the most profound feelings I've ever felt in my life in the presence of her and the salt water, all of it. There's something about the ocean in particular and the vastness and seeing the sky and seeing the moon and seeing the sun in its full power and, and really soaking that in. There's really nothing else like it. Oh my gosh. And to be on a vast beach where there's nobody else too, and it's just you and the ocean. It's so intimate and it's really mm -hmm. vulnerable. I've sobbed. I've released so much because she just holds that space more than anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. And, oh, you talk about the ocean just brings me back to so many beautiful places. And when I, when I think about my sacred garden, it's always in the ocean. I have three that I imagine, and there are three specific ocean places in the world where are my favorite places. And it just brings me back. And gosh, I just, I love it so much. I really do. Mm -hmm. And when I envision my idyllic place to live, it's so close to the ocean. You know, it's walking distance. I don't have to be right on the ocean, but walking distance for sure. Yeah. It will happen. <laughs> Because it oh, must. Yeah. Oh. I love that you're claiming that. Oh, I feel I it. it. 
Yeah. Wow. And I just want to thank you too, just about, okay. Cause like, I remember you talking to me about connecting with the elements and just saying hi to things and the way it responds back. I've mentioned this before the talk, but I was walking in Colorado and I was just brushing the tops of these trees and just like holding the trees and saying, hello, how are you little buddy? And it was almost like, they were responding back to me like, oh, I'm doing great. It's so good to see you. And they're welcoming into their forest, you know? And so it was, it was really a beautiful, playful kind of interaction. And, and it, it brought a lot of joy to me and I felt the same. And so it was, it's very beautiful. It's very playful and it's very fun. And yeah. You <laughs> me to tears, <laughs> you know, because it's, I mean, I'm imagining them being like, I really feel like they can feel our spirit right and so like as we step outside and step our feet on the on a blade of grass or the ground it's like this this vibration that gets sent out and they're talking to each other she's coming abby's here abby's here she's coming i wonder will she see me today will she see me today like will i get noticed by her you know will there be something special enough about me to grab her attention and in that moment for them to like be seen oh, I, love <sighs> I love that so much you know it's such love and and joy and connection you know that they don't get a lot from humanity mm-hmm. oh there's so much joy and grief at the same time you know it's <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> Knowing that literally everything we have, we get from this earth, you know? Everything. Everything. Yeah. That had to be a really special moment for them, you know? Mm -hmm. (sighs) I love it. Well, and you too with your roses. It's so beautiful how you have this really intimate relationship with the roses. Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful thing. And now you're working with the element of fire quite a bit, making these beautiful candles. Now, how did that come to be? I knew you were working on the journal. Planner, yeah. A planner. And then now you've come up with this beautiful line of candles. Tell me about the inspiration behind that. Oh, man. Speaking of my flowers, that's my hydrangea back there. I don't know if you see them. Oh, yeah. Ride. Um, I did a crystal grid sometime last year, and so those were part of the crystal grid. How did I get started? So, you know, the, the planner is still a thing. <laughs> it's just one of those offerings that's waiting for its time. And honestly, I think that has more to do with me being more embodied in, in what wants to come forth and ready to hold the space. Because I think it's going to be a container that's bigger than I know what it wants to be yet. The candles are very much the same kind of medicine. Obviously, planners help us design our lives and design our days. But a big part of the planner was frequency keeping. I would highlight different ways to be able to work with a certain frequency. And I feel like the candles, that's their medicine in a big way is how it is being a frequency keeper and helping you to be able to um, being a sacred tool to help you hold that same frequency that you may be working with at that time or need port with while we were in AYLP I actually got my Reiki one and two level one and two certification within a few short weeks I got my first client 
And, um, you know, it was a, a free, I offered it for free because I just wanted to begin to get to know Reiki and share it. So I got this opportunity and it was around the time we did our severance ceremony in AYLP. I'd done a journey before AYLP and saw my higher timeline and some of the things that I was doing. And I was on the beach and I was working with fire. I was around a fire. I was holding ceremony and I was making medicine. I couldn't see the medicine, but I knew that I was making something. Mm -hmm. And I was doing it in ceremony around fire. And then I saw myself go inside and I was also working, I was doing a crystal healing on someone. I made a crystal grid as a part of the embodiment phase of that ceremony. In working with that grid the next day, I made it and then day one after, sat with the grid and I was shown how when I work with my Reiki client that I'm really going on like, it was very shamanistic. You know, I'm, I know I'm not a trained shaman, but I, I'm essentially going on journey on behalf of my client and doing some energetic restructuring and, and, you know, speaking with different spirits and getting messages. And then I would follow that up with a candlelight healing transmission. After the journey, I would program the candle and I would enhance it with what was coming through as supportive for the healing of that person at the time. You know, maybe it was something that was shown to me in the journey Sometimes it was something I'd get a, an herb or a plant or talk to me and stand out like, yeah, I want to be a part of this. And I wouldn't exactly know why. But at the time, I was just buying candles to do this for, you know, for my clients. And I would attune them with Reiki as well and then burn the candle for however many days it took for it to completely burn out to continue and amplify this this healing transmission that came through in the journey. But eventually I was like... I really want everything here to be as intentional as possible. It felt better to me to make the candle myself because then I know from start to finish, I know the energy that's being poured into this candle. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what's being cultivated here. So I started making the candle just for my client session. I had two different offerings. So the larger offering was one where I'd work with my clients over a longer period of time creating a crystal grid for their healing as well, and working with that over a span of weeks. I would make an essence of the grid, and I would attune the candle into the grid energy as well. So I'm creating it specifically for you, selecting the fragrances and added the enhancements based on their energetics to support what we're working on together, and then attuning it to the frequency of your grid. That's what I would send to my clients and for them to continue to be able to work with the energy long after the grid is disassembled. I'd always in my mind, even when I was doing interior design, knew I wanted to have a shop, you know, like an online shop. I called it RX for life or like prescription for life. You know, mm. and so I wanted it to be these intentional products. The idea came through, but I, that's as far as it had gotten. And then with the Aries full moon on October 1st, <laughs> I was taking a shower and that energy of that week had been so intense and so fiery, that cardinal fire energy that's like fire starter. I'm getting things started immediately. I could see my vision so clearly for what I wanted 
for my programs and the healing I want to bring to the world. And I could see it. It was like, it was like the heavens were opening and I could reach it and grab it. And I was like, I want to, I want to make something to hold this energy. And usually that would be like an essence. But what came through while I was in the shower was you're going to make a candle. You're going to craft it today, make like conceptualize it today, make it today. You're going to hold a full moon ceremony with this candle today, and you're going to make it available today. <laughs> wow. That's how it happened. And so I was just like, oh, oh okay. Because, you know, with my candles, I test them. I've been testing candles since May. Here was October. Wow. And I hadn't released any of them to the public. To get the guidance that, yeah, it's to, today it's happening. Yeah. I sold every one of them. Every one of them was purchased. I didn't even get to burn one myself. It was very kind of scary for me because I was like, I don't even know. I don't know if any of them are going to be good because I hadn't tested any of them. As I was making them and stirring the wax, I wasn't, I wasn't allowing that energy to be cultivated. Mm-hmm. Like I shared earlier with that lens perspective change, you know, the whole transformer. I was like, Mm-mm, nope, not, not that. I trust. I trust, I trust that these candles are going to reach the hands of those that they are intended for with every bit of potency that they've channeled through me with. Mm-hmm. And that's literally the energetic signature of that candle. And she's still the top seller. So yeah, it just started from there. On a monthly basis, I feel into the energy that's happening in the world. Definitely what I am coming into contact with and feel into it for the collective and either pull from the line something that's already created that aligns with that or create something different to mm-hmm. hold that energy and hold a, a full moon ceremony for those candles in particular, for that energy. There's always other candles available, but once a month I, I do a full moon to just support us with the energy of the collective at the moment. That's how that got started. (laughs) Oh, I love the intention. You have such deep intention and integrity in everything you do. And I love it so much. And I I admire it quite a bit. And you said this earlier in the podcast about choice, like what you did while you were stirring that you were saying, I'm not going to choose. I'm not going to allow these ideas, these thoughts of doubt to come in here. I'm going to choose trust. I love how you just very consciously allow that to go away and focus on what it is that you're really cultivating, what it is that in your heart, you know, is meant to be shared with the world. And that is beautiful. And again, going back to your patience, like you said, you started this in May and it didn't really come out until October and you waited until the right guidance, the right message to come to you to really, I love this. I love this so much. And I feel like this is what so many people need to hear is like, you can't rush. You just can't rush. And there's a quote I really love. Actually, Tim Ferriss says this, but he says, luxury is feeling unrushed. And I think about it all the time or every once in a while, it's like, oh, I love that. And I think about with you and your intuitive business, the way everything has just kind of flowed into your life so magically and so timely, just as the universe 
presented it and is cultivating it in just that you have such surrender and trust in it. You really have embodied that I can tell, which is a beautiful, beautiful lesson to learn for everybody as well. And so I think you're, everything you're saying is providing so much value and thank you so much for sharing that. I want to ask, I think a kind of basic question, but I'm very unfamiliar with grid work. Could you explain a little bit what that's about? Because I think you you alluded to it here and there. You said like a, a little bit of it, but I'm actually, I want to get more of a, a picture of it because I'm, I'm really curious about it. I don't know anything about it or working with crystals really in general. So if you could actually talk about what you do with that, that I would love to hear it. Ooh, sure. But yes, just before I go there, just reflecting on what you shared a moment ago on how waiting on the right time, because I've been working with the candles for months. But that particular candle had not been formulated or blended yet. You know, I hadn't, it hadn't been created at, at all. It just goes to show, like, here I was doing all this preparation, right? Thinking, surely, you know, with all this preparation, when it rolls out, it'll be all nice and neat and in order and all tied up in a bow and ready, you know, because of all this prep work <laughs> that I put into it. And... Despite all of that, that is just simply not how she wanted to come through. If I had resisted, this candle simply couldn't be. She couldn't be about trust. Literally, that's like she couldn't be about seeing the vision, holding the frequency, and trusting that it's already on its way for you. And I didn't know it at the moment. Like, I didn't understand why the guidance was coming through so clear for her to be born this way. And I literally learn from them every time I work with their frequency. Every time I'm, I'm working with them or making more candles, they are teaching me. I literally was thinking recently that I would do, like, a series on my Instagram um, feed about lessons from the candles, you know, because they teach me so much. I will move on from there. The grids. Wait, hold on. I want to say something really quickly. I really need to hear this because in my life, I get kind of hard on myself. Why haven't you done something yet? Like I have this nagging. It's like my mother speaking. It's like the way my mother would speak to me. I've actually never realized this until just now this moment, but this is her voice. Why haven't you done this yet? Blah, blah, blah. Like always feeling like rushed, but it's so good for me to hear this because I know that, and Ashley said it too. It's like, maybe it's just not the time yet. Your energy is there. The alignment's there, but it's not the time for the collective to receive what it is that you have to give. I have to really believe that and not be so hard on myself because when I try to force something, there's a resistance. It won't come into my life so organically. Oh, I just have to remember that. And so this is really helping me a lot. And so just to remember that everything happens in divine timing, that's it. And we can manifest, we can visualize, we can do what we can do, but we can't force things. Or we can, but then, you know, there, there's lessons learned in that too. As I'm sure a lot of us know, it's just a really good reminder. So I want to just thank you so much for that because it's so important. It's so important really it goes back to patience having that patience and when it is time for those creations to be born oh man i don't think you'd be able to there's anything you could do to stop it from being born you know like it, it's <laughs> it's gonna come through and how much more potent will it be because abby will have had 
months or years more of experience in this life and have so much more to add to it, you know? So Abby will have evolved. And so, so as you are evolving, so is the, so are the seeds that, that have been planted in your soil, your foundation being prepped for blooming. So you just keep focusing on resurrecting Abby every day. Mm. <laughs> and they will they will come too because I, I know I um you know the, the planner is was like my first first channeled creation and it still hasn't seen the light <laughs> but maybe it wasn't about the planner you know mm. maybe it wasn't about the planner maybe it was because when we talk about self-care for me at the time I needed the planner because I needed a way to be accountable to me because showing up for myself was something I struggled with, something I beat myself up for. And so I needed to have this sort of structure to remind me every day to be in relationship with myself. Every day, ask my, my mind, what does she need? Every day, what does my body need? What does my heart need today? And it wasn't an ingrained practice. It wasn't embodied. So that really helped me. It helped me tremendously. But eventually, as I proved to myself that I could show up, for myself on a regular basis and I didn't necessarily need to write it down in a planner the evolution that showed up was that it doesn't need to be so structured I had this list of okay I, I honor the elements and I you know do yoga and I do my water ritual and I do this and I do that and I do kund I do this this kriya and you know I do my journaling and I do my meditation while I, I worked, uh, you know, I, I didn't want any of them to feel like boxes that I was checking. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted them to feel like real connected practices. In the evolution of that, it became, does showing up for yourself need to look like this? Mm -hmm. Does it need to look like a planner? Or can you just show up every day for you? Showing up for you doesn't have to look like a list of things. You just show up for you. So now the practice is, Every day, like how I go outside and greet the plants, I wake up in the morning and it's like, hello, heart. Hello, body. Mm, good morning, breath. Good morning to my jaw, because I clench at night sometimes, a lot of the times. Good morning to my light. And heart, like, what do you want today? What do you want to do? Can showing up for me look like just being led by my heart? Mm. So the planner may never see the light of day. I don't know. Maybe it's just what I needed at the moment. I share that to share my own evolution, but also to share that sometimes what we channel through is really for us. Mm. May not ever really be for anyone else. Mm. Um, or maybe it will be a year later, you know. I think it all channels through as our own medicine. You were asking me about grid work. <laughs> one, one more thing before grid work. I want to recognize this gift that you have i know that you really care as do i about connection and to connect deeply with yourself you had the ability with that journal to ask the right questions to ask the questions that you really needed to to know the answers to in order to delve very deep and connect so deeply with yourself i can hear it in the way that you ask these questions to ask what's your heart doing i mean if somebody's just getting into self-care, they might not even know how to do that. 
you have to go through a few different layers to really even reach the heart sometimes when we have all these blocks up or we have distractions or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like that alone takes a lot of intention, a lot of awareness and a lot of deep connection and making the time to do that and the attention to do that. I think that's amazing. I would love to see your journal. <laughs> and oh, because the questions, you ask amazing questions. And that's, I think sometimes people have struggles with healing because they're not asking them, themselves the right questions or they're just, maybe they're doing yoga, but they're not actually really connecting with themselves. They're doing it for other reasons. And it's like, what is the reason behind everything that we do? Like what, that's actually really self-care more than anything. It's, what is the reason behind doing this? What is this really bringing to me? What is the value in my heart, my soul, my body? How is this benefiting me? And how is this allowing me to be maybe the best version of myself. So it's really getting in touch with what questions are needed to be answered. That has never been reflected back to me. Thank you. I remember, I don't even know how that came about. I'm really grateful for the guidance. I do know I remember feeling like, man, there's just so much missing from healthcare. We're so focused on these bodily processes, but a lot of how we're feeling is emotional. It's repressed emotions that we haven't allowed ourselves to acknowledge that will eventually be intertwined, the entanglement. And entanglement is not really a bad thing, but the entanglement of all of our bodies, all of our bodies, the subtle bodies, all the way through to the, the physical and how something will show up in the subtle, but the longer it's, it's ignored, it will eventually become a physical manifestation. And it's just like we're missing it. We've made huge strides in understanding the physical body and inner workings, but we really haven't begun to tie in the energetic and the emotional. I do feel like because of what I was doing, you know, I really wanted to work in a very highly critical area. I'd always said I wanted to work in a hospital where I didn't have to send my patients anywhere else for help. I would work at that center that the other hospitals in the region sent their patients to when they couldn't serve them anymore because they were that sick. As a result of what I was seeing every day and as a result of some of my own life experiences, I feel like I got numb. In order to, to be able to see what you see every day, my experience isn't special. It could be the same way for someone who doesn't work in healthcare. You know, it could, you know, your experience with, with men because you've been hurt or with family. F it, I don't want to have kids because I don't want to perpetuate this life. So we shut off. I feel like my disconnection to life in a lot of ways was from that numbness. It made sense from that perspective, I guess, as I sit here and just think about it, like be intentional. like, And I feel like that's still my biggest desire is to live my life with my whole heart. Mm. You know, to just... Be so open. Obviously, being open means I have to have really good boundaries. You know, every rose has a thorn. To allow us to be open and fully expressed, we do have to know how to protect our energy. Oh, it's not even my words. I've been reading Mary Magdalene Revealed, and she talks about how the word salvation in the English language doesn't mean what salvation meant in the language that the the Gospels were originally written in. 
And her gospel was written in Greek and Coptic. Salvation meant come alive. It just meant to come alive literally every day. What will stir me to life? To be able to feel more deeply and allow it, allow myself to feel. That's the scariest thing to so many of us, to just be so alive that we can feel. Because that you can't have one without the other. You know, you're going to have the pleasure and the pain. Mm-hmm. Protect your energy, honor your energy. I just want to be here for it. Mm-hmm. Being afraid of being hurt is getting boring. <laughs> it's getting boring. And I just want to be alive. <laughs> yes. I want to be alive. I love feeling it all. I love feeling it all. As much as it is really intense sometimes, I wouldn't have it any other way, for sure. Actually, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was working in the CBD industry a little bit in New York not too long ago. And I really don't resonate with the plant that much, but I would take some CBD and I was like, oh, I can see how this helps people maybe with an anxiety and stuff. Cause it doesn't, I don't feel as much. But I like feeling, I like feeling a lot because even if I had a lot of expression and really, I guess you could say good emotions that would even suppress it too. And I'm like, I don't want to be suppressed. My, I don't want my emotions to be suppressed. My feelings to be suppressed. I want to feel them all deeply because I'm learning from them. It's a part of who I am. I can't ignore it. And so I like to watch what I put into my body, even with sugar too. Sugar does weird things to me as well. I really want to grow my own food and have this, put this love and this intention into the food and then get it back when I eat it too. It's, it's great. It sounds great. But. Love that. I love that. I mean, man. Abby. (laughs) Latoya. (laughs) I mean, that's a whole new level of food as medicine. Each plant has its own properties of how it's here to teach us and support us and be our medicine. But real medicine is the love you put in it, right? Yes. That's what unlocks it all. It's the key. It's the key. And I feel like you just really, you touched on it just a moment ago. You you said suppression. I don't want to be suppressed. And that's the name of the game in this world. That's healthcare in a nutshell. How can I suppress your symptoms? Sure, it makes you feel better temporarily. What if we did differently? What if we really gave everyone the key? Yeah. Yeah. You know? What if we all knew we were the key to begin with? Oh, you know? I mean, mm. and oh, I just, I'm so excited to see one, where you choose to to put down some roots and, and make this happen. And wow, I don't know. I just see you being able to make this happen like in many places. Mm. You settling down, putting down roots somewhere to start growing your own food doesn't necessarily have to look like you can't be free to move either. Yeah. You know, because maybe you put systems in place to help other people realize that they have the key to, you know. Mm. Oh, so dope. Mm, I love that. The key. I mean, that's why I think that's really the beauty of this podcast is like, there are so many keys. There's a lot of different doors you've walked through so many of them, as you mentioned in this podcast. And that, I mean, this is going for a full circle right now, but the keys to the doors to unlock 
the beauty that's within every single one of us, it's all there. Like, is it, I see it. I see it all the time. I see it with every person I meet. It's so clear as day. And really, I think that's the purpose in life is to bring out that beauty in every single person, that gift, that passion, that joy that everybody has within them. I mean, it's innate. We were born with it. We have it. And we just forget along the way. I think people just forget and they lock the door and then you're right. Just give them that key. Here it is. Like there's all these different things that you can do to unlock the door to your most authentic, beautiful self. It takes a lot of work sometimes and it can be a bumpy road too, but it's worth it. It's worth being free, you know, and not mm -hmm. feeling suppressed and not feeling bogged down by things because we don't have to even focus on that. We don't have to choose to focus on that because what we focus on more, we create more of. And when you're making that, those candles and you're stirring that wax and you're like, this is what it's about. It's about trusting. This is going to bring so much to so many people. And I know that in my heart, and that's why I'm creating this. And I think that is so beautiful. The intention, you have such a pure heart of intention behind the things that you do. And I think this is extremely important. The energy behind the reasons why we do things, it makes a big difference. Oh. Just like you were saying about the food, when we, when we plant and we grow and we, we create, we are creators. When we create with the intention of love, of sharing joy with the world, of just all these things that are at our fingertips at all times, we just have to tap into it. It's there. It's always there. And it's a choice to see it. It's a choice to feel it. It's just a choice to commune with it, to unite with it, to be one with it and to express it and share it with everybody else. Like that is what life is all about. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Oh, I love that. You didn't say like one time. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> it just is <laughs> it's just the realness it's just the realness and I and it can be that simple oh. it can be that simple and I am one who is it has been my way to make things hard and make things so much harder than they have to be when I first started doing client sessions I would spend an hour entering ceremony just entering Ceremony, because I felt like I had to do this and I had to do this and I had to do this right and I had to do this. Honestly, none of those practices, nothing's wrong with any of them. I would stage and smudge every corner of this space, draw the Reiki symbols over every surface, and sometimes I'd dance and sing, and nothing's wrong with any of that. But what was my intention behind it? You know, when I look at, okay, what's the intention? Okay, what's the intention underneath that and the intention underneath that, and just keep digging deeper? The real reason I was going through all these hoops was because I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel worthy of this connection. And so I felt like, mm. you know, I had to do all the things in order to be worthy of being in this space, in order for them to show up, in order for the healing to be impactful. I'm not creating the healing. It's not me. I'm realizing that more and more. I made a batch of candles last night and I shared it in my stories. I don't know if you saw, but did you see that? 
Oh my gosh, explain this. This is unbelievable. And I'll put your Instagram and everything in the show notes too, so people can see this. This is unfreaking believable. Explain this. This is wow. I was prepping to enter the space of devotion. What I'm learning in tea ceremony is, you know, you bow into the ceremony as a way of stepping out of the world and into the ceremony, dusting the world off, aligning in the energy of this space. Entering ceremony is as simple as intention, presence, reverence. Boom. Done. I intend to be present. Take a couple breaths to bring myself to my center. In honor of this space, I bow in. I'm in. Done. Because I am always connected. I am the nature I'm communing with. I am the spirits I'm communing with. They live in me. My ancestors live in me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I don't mean just my earthly ancestors, I mean my star lineage too. You know, they live in me. And so it's really as simple as the respect, the reverence, the intention and bringing yourself to presence. And boom, done, you're there. You know, but So last night, what happened when I was moving, going into this space and calling in the energy of devotion, I lit an incense and I went over each jar of the candles and the fragrance oils and just all the components with this incense. And then I set the incense in a holder and went about my business. I'd invoked, I'd called in the spirit. That's really it. I called myself to presence. I invited them in. That's it. And then I went about what I had to do to, you know, measure out wax and so forth and get that ready. Sometime later, I turned around and faced where the candles were, the jars and the incense. And all, I kid you not, that smoke had not dispersed. That smoke, all of it, had just risen maybe a foot or two above those jars and was hovering over them, just condensed and hovering there like a mist. It wasn't anywhere else. It was just all right there. I was about to walk over there, but I I was like, no, I need to sit here and honor this, recognize this. You know, it's kind of like how you were walking with the, you know, touching the flowers and being like, good morning, hey, flowers, or hey, you know, bushes. And giving it the respect of being seen. Yeah, obviously we all know incense creates smoke. I'm not, you know, oblivious to that, but this smoke was just centered right above the candles. And it was just moving and circulating just amongst them. It was so magical to see. And um, I took a couple of pictures and what I, I, everyone that responded, I could see everything that they were seeing too. But the very first thing I saw was an owl. I saw an owl with its wings outspread over them. And wouldn't you know, one of the cards I pulled for one of those candles was an owl. I thought that was pretty interesting, too. So, yeah, I don't even know how we got here, but I was just trying to express how it doesn't have to be so hard. And I think I commented on it, too, that sometimes it amazes me how little I really have to do, mm-hmm. you know? And that is like that feeling and that 
that awareness that I want to keep cultivating. Like, remember what that feels like. Because that, that's what it's meant to feel like. That's what the surrender feels like. You know, that's, that's what the alignment feels like. It doesn't feel like force. You know, it doesn't feel like dishonoring myself in the process of trying to be impactful. I'm not the medicine. I just have to create space for it. Yes. It's just so beautiful every time that that comes through because it uproots a little bit more and more that old paradigm that has been so deeply rooted within me that I have to do more for it to be strong, for it to be worthy. As women in, in, in a man's world, you know, we, we're underpaid. We have to do twice the work to be recognized, you know, as Black or Indigenous people of color women on top of that. It's like, I have to be twice as good or dedicate twice as mo- the amount of energy. It's bogus <laughs> because we're all worthy. And literally all of these things, they're just waiting for a, a channel to give them voice. I just want a voice like the plants. Hey, you see me today. They just want <laughs> a voice, you know? Mm. I'm just so honored. Oh, so honored because oh. I want to reflect something back to you. So you talk about you thought you had to do it this certain way, like a regimen and routine or something like that. It was all a part of discovery. Now you know what it's like to just snap into the presence of your heart or deep intention. I think you had to go through a journey in order to know what that even looks like. And I resonate with it 100% where I used to do really strict regimen things. Through time, you realize what works and what doesn't. You get more in tune with the body and the body's like, this is what I need. I'm like, oh, I know how to, to make that need happen or like to reach that need. I know how to get into the alignment of joy. I know how to get into better attention, to better awareness, to feel playful and silly. I know the things that I need to do to honor those needs. But if I hadn't done all the hard regiment and all like the hours of practice, I don't know if I could do that today. It's it's really important to honor the process. And I, and I know you do, but just to know that without trial and error, without doing all of those structured regimen and routines, who knows if you could have ever, maybe you could have, you know, gotten to that right away, but it's like honoring the process, even though at the time you're just like, well, I really, maybe I didn't have to do that, but maybe you did. Life is just a big lesson. You know, (laughs) we learned so many of them along the way and we don't even know it at the time sometimes. And AYLP, I didn't know how much it impacted me until I think it was late October, early November, just the way I embodied things or when I really knew what embodiment meant. Like I embodied things later on and they hit me really hard. I actually called Ashley and thanked her. I had so much gratitude towards her and I was just like radiating. I mean, I've never radiated so much. I didn't even know what to do with myself. When I radiate so much high vibration, sometimes it's like, whoa, how do I get back into the ground? You know what I mean? It happens. It happens periodically. And I'm like, whoa, you know, like, what do I do with this energy? It feels amazing, but I don't know what to do. Maybe I just sit with it. That's okay. (laughs) But it's exciting and fun and all that stuff. But anyways, I'm getting off track. I just wanted to to reflect that back to you because I I hear you say it and it's, oh, Latoya, I love talking with you. I love talking with you and thank you. You are you are 100% correct. 100%. 
I I have no regrets about those times because you're right. How can you know what ease feels like if you don't know the other end of the spectrum? And how can you really cultivate the gratitude for it without having known the other side? And you are totally, totally, totally correct. Yeah. Maybe that's the whole missing aspect of balance, right? We literally, we can't be, just can't be balanced. If you don't know what, what is the center point, what exists out here and out here, you know, <laughs> in order for you to be right here. I mean, I have not arrived, but I am grateful. I guess that's why it still astounds me because it's, it's still a lesson that I'm learning, you know, and to just allow, let my presence be enough. Nothing's wrong with the dancing and the smudging. And, you know, I think all of these tools and practices that we do in the 3D are, are really to help us to ground into that reality, you know, and to give us a physical representation of what's happening in a world that we can't see. But if underneath all those layers, it's not, I'm doing this because in my heart, I really feel joy in doing this. I really feel like I'm being called for this and this is where I want to be. I feel present here as opposed to some aspect of force, you know, like it has to be this way, which is where I was existing. And it was very draining. Mm. Even my spiritual work became draining. That was heartbreaking because I, I literally had to step back. Like I, I finally got to a point where I was about to put together and launch the whole healing program. It was 12 weeks, working one-to-one. I could feel the transformation of it. But as soon as it, it channeled through, the energy contracted. And I knew if I'm going to do this, I can't do it in the way that it's been being done. And I don't know another way yet. So I have to, I have to let it go. And that was hard. <laughs> because it's like, man, I've been working on this all year. And here it is. Like, I finally see it. Is here, but this even the, the seeds that I'd planted for that work were sown in a foundation that was firmly rooted in patriarchy. Hmm. Yeah, I had to go through a death, and I'm still awaiting the rebirth while learning these lessons, while learning these lessons about everything we've just shared. So, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I just want you to know how much that touched. Thank you. This whole thing. I've been in and out of teary-eyed this entire time. I'm on the verge of tears <laughs> every time we speak or you say something and I'm like, oh my gosh, the resonance is so deep. So thank you. The deep connection is what fuels me and I think fuels you as well because we just both have that. I just love you to pieces. I love you to pieces. It's been some months since we've been on the phone like this, you know, and ah, you always energize me and activate me. Always. Likewise, Latoya. Likewise, Latoya. Well, we can, let's end here and we might have to do a second one. I have lots of other questions to ask, but I don't want this to be too, too long for people to listen. So I'm going to end this right here. And if you would be interested in doing a follow-up, I'll tell you after this what I have in mind. Okay, <laughs> but, sure. Yeah. I'm here for it. I love 100%, it. Thank you. A thousand percent. <laughs> Thank you. I knew this was going to be 
really good. I could feel it. I was like, I cannot wait. This is going to be a long one, but it's going to be really good. I love it. So thank you so much, Latoya. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. As I spoke in the beginning, I knew you were loaded with it. And here it is. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. yours. Oh, this has been so, such a mutual, like the energy is just circulating. Circulating from you to me. And I feel so fed in this space. My soul needed this. Thank you. I'm so excited about this. So excited about this podcast. Oh, me too. Thank you for tuning your senses into the Sacred Portal podcast. I hope you enjoyed this deep, soulful conversation with LaToya. Please leave a rating and review and hit the subscribe button. Share with your friends and family on social media. Until next time, be well and journey safe.